Yo, 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 what's up? This is the D is Silent coming at you with the new episode here. And uh, we're off. We're off for the weekend. It's Saturday. I'm going to record this episode in a few parts because I want to talk, talk about a couple different things. Uh, but this episode I'm going to break down into three different subjects. First and foremost is Caliucci's uh, Sin Miedo La Experiencia. Her little live YouTube concert it was only a little bit so i'm only gonna talk a little bit about that but i want to talk about that a little bit i also want to talk about the falcon and the winter soldier it's ended and most people that i know have seen it i have to finish watching i watched about half the episode i might actually rewatch the episode and i'm gonna get my thoughts on that and then also i think i'm gonna go see mortal kombat tomorrow sunday evening about this time it's about Four, four-ish. I might see it about like six. So I'm gonna talk about Mortal Kombat. So that's what this episode is gonna be about. But I want to talk about Caliucci's live YouTube concert slash. It was kind of like an elongated uh, movie video, but I really liked it. it. Came out live. I seen it live. Uh, was right there in person. And uh, so here we go. So her live. Uh, Sin Miedo La Experiencia came out on Thursday at 6pm Pacific Time, 9pm Eastern Time and I gotta say it it was short, it was only about a 15 minute thing, now I understand the artists are not going to give away the whole cookie jar on YouTube, they're just not and this was actually, to me it wasn't a live concert, more as it probably was heard live Recorded and then they stitched the video together and they dropped it live at a certain time. It was a premiere. It's kind of like, like I said, it's kind of like an, an elongated mu- music video, but it's entirely different from the album and it's it's based on more of a live premise, like more of a like that's how it's gonna be live. And uh, she didn't disappoint. I think the live, the version of the live songs sound even better than the album itself. Now, the album, like I said, I still have not stopped listening to that at least three or four times a week. I have not put the album down yet. I've been trying to wean off, wane myself, or wean myself off of it, kind of like because I want to keep it still. Into the place where I feel that okay, I'm still listening to it. I know all the words to it, but I don't want to burn myself out on it. So I'm trying to ease off the gas pedal from listening to it like straight through over and over and over. Now I probably listen to the album now no less than fifty times. It's so short. I mean, it's like a thousand minutes. It's, that's nothing because I think people they're listening to it all day, every day listen to songs and and maybe not fair maybe probably but a solid like 30 or 40 times front to back through it's 30 some minutes long and I'm at the point now where I'm like okay uh, I like certain songs for certain situations on the way home or if I got a few minutes to try to go get a burger I'll put on this song or that song it's a little bit more you know in the into the get up and get going vibe and you know so I'm but I'm at this stage now where I, I want to kind of just... I, it's its already cooked. The album's already cooked. For me, it's already cooked. You know, the steak has done, done its thing. Now I'm just letting it rest. 
We know we're gonna. We know we're gonna eat. We know. I know. Caliucci's and actually, before we even, I, I want to see Caliucci's live. I'm willing to shell a few bucks. I was willing to shell a few bucks for Bad Bunny's the last world tour, el último tour del mundo show, but that motherfucker's tickets were ridiculous. You're talking seven fifty for the ticket before fees. Nosebleed, motherfucker, tripping, man. But I mean, props to him because the motherfucker sold out. So now my only hope, and what I'm gonna do now is proactively scour the fucking radio stations, any fucking giveaway for those fucking for our t- pair of tickets, man. But that's that's bad. But that's for another day. I couldn't believe that shit. I, I couldn't believe the price, and then the front some front row tickets for that shit is. $18,000 for a floor level seat. Who the fuck has that money? And that was just in LA. I, I mean, I know he's doing a San Diego two in LA and I think he's doing a NorCal show somewhere up in Frisco or somewhere. And I'm just tripping out. I'm like, each show is a million dollars and he's doing like 30 shows or 20 some odd shows. Again, props to him. I mean, it's well deserved. I mean, I would do the same thing. You want to see me? Going to shell out three, four hundred dollars. That's what I. That's what I thought it, the price of tickets for him was going to be. Two fifty, three hundred dollars, which I would have pulled the trigger and got one when I woke up Friday, the sixteenth of April, before I went to Laughlin, and I would have pulled the trigger because that to me it's once in a lifetime affair. You don't know how many times he's. You know, it's just, it's just, I would have done it. But if that's out the window, and I'm going to just, I'm on a hope and a prayer now. I'm, I mean, it's not, a, it's a, just a hope and a prayer now. Caliucci's need to drop the tour because I want to pay $175, $250 to see her live before. And I'm, I don't want to say it because I, I truly believe it in my heart, but I, I know if I say it, it's not going to happen. Before Caliucci's Cali blows up to being the next Jennifer Lopez, the next Shakira, it, I think she, it, with another solid album release in Spanish, the fucking, she's going to skyrocket to the top of the world. She's already skyrocketing. If no, if you don't know, you're gonna get. I, I believe you're going to get to know her over the next several years, because I think the the sky is the limit. Not only does she speak English, I think a little bit better than Bad Bunny. She's also beautiful. The music is there, and her vo her vocals her vocals are there. So, and, and if, if she can do anything like she was doing on. On Sin Miedo La Experiencia If she can do anything like that Live In front of 20,000 people 30,000 cats 30,000 heads right there Somewhere in LA You know Even if it's not there It could be like 15,000 You know, sell out like You know an arena somewhere You know We want to see it We want I want to see it I want to catch it I'm on this wave Early enough 
to where I feel like it's possible still for me to, to do this, you know, before she becomes out of reach like Bad Bunny. You know, Bad Bunny's he's a master craftsman at his craft, and it just by Caliucci's is right behind him, and I, just, I and I. The if you if you pay attention to the charts and all that on the line, I mean she's like he's one, she's two, or she's she's one, he's two on songs or albums or this or streams or this and that. The other thing, like right now he's riding this wave of momentum, but I think he's I don't know. I don't want to speak for the man, but I think he recorded his five albums. He might not release anything for a long time. I think he's gonna soak this in, but as I think she's three albums in, but this is the first Latin album. She can do two more, three more like this in in, in become a sensation amongst the fans. I mean, the sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. And even I don't even think the fucking the La Luna is the limit. You know what I mean? So, but back to. La Experiencia I mean She broke it off with uh, La Luna Enamorada You know And You know Went right into Fue Mejor And Aguardiente y Limón And then jumped all the way to Prendelo uh, And then did kind of like a teaser Of what Telepatia would be like Live And overall I mean the, the music was good, man. I was like, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thought visually it was amazing. Uh, she's serving some looks. You know, I think she's on the cusp of not only being a, a top artist, but she's going to be invited to Met Gala. And I can't wait till they start dressing her up. Uh, and she's already dressed, she already dressed up, but putting her as royalty. You know, when she walk in, I want people to know that that's her. And I'm like I said, I'm early enough on the train. I got I hopped on early enough, so I'm like I'm crossing and hoping my fingers I can catch her one time or two times before she becomes a, a mega superstar. And I hope that that's her where she's going because I think that's where she's going. I just think there's there's a giant. I mean, since Pitbull and Daddy Yankee were running the gauntlet, you know, there has been some reggaeton stars they hadn't really kind of popped. But here comes Bad Bunny, you know, and I've been now I've been paying attention to him for a little bit more than a year. He popped. But there's always, you know, just like in the movie theaters, there's always there's Deep Impact, there's Armageddon. There's the Marvel universe, there's the DC universe. There's, you know, they always kind of do there's always a yin to the yang. And I think Bad Bunny's the yin, but he's kind of going to I think he might ease up off the gas pedal. She's the yang. She's coming up. She's hot um, physically and she's hot talently. And she's also hot, you know, the music wise. She's boiling on the charts. And I think shit's about a skyrocket for her. So, Sin Miedo, La Experiencia was a phenomenal fucking YouTube little live show. Just a little, it was just a little, a little. Gotita de, de Just a little gotita de agüita You know Just a You know Just a fuck Like it's just a little taste Now I'm like sold Like 
ahora ya, vamos, ya me voy a comprar unas pinches boletos para ir a verla. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta buy some fucking tickets because, you know, I, if I can get in right now on the low, like 150, 125, 175, 210, to go see her and have it be in a decent seat, I'm all over it because I think, and like, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to jinx it for her. I think musically she's gonna, she's gonna blow up. So, before she is, right now she's a star. Before she's a mega plus ultra star. You know what I mean? So, uh, that came out the other day. I watched it. I've watched it like three times now. Because I I actually like the way the music is versus on the album. I like the contrast. She highlighted and accentuated some lines and some songs. And she cut out some parts and other songs. And, you know... And it, it's it almost felt like it was a like she did she did the recording live and I was like okay well this is this sounds really good you know you never know how an artist is live versus on the albums and how different it is you know but if she's gonna do the songs like that live boy oh boy it's gonna be a, an amazing experience so it was also presented by eighteen hundred Cristalino or whatever I think it's a tequila brand. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know anything about them personally. I never tried it. Am I gonna try it? No. Are they smart? Yes, because fuck, I would fucking do that shit myself. I would be all over uh, that, especially because I mean, I think you can see it. I can see it. I can see when things are gonna happen sometimes. And I'm like, damn it, why, you know, damn it, like, you know, like, like, fuck, like, I, you know, you can see things in certain, certain things, like, whether it's sports, like, you're like, damn, that fool's gonna be good at sports, or like, you know, you just read the situations, and I've, I'm a music fan, so I just know that, like, I'm like, the music is, I mean, if I was her manager or her producer or whoever involved in her team, her entourage, I'm fucking licking my ch- chops because I'm. you're sitting, you've got to know you're sitting on what could be a, not just a gold mine, but a fucking diamond mine. You're talking, you're, we're talking fucking platinum mine right here. I, I, I would be, I would be like, fuck, we need to get her on stage. We need to get her uh, featured on some, you know, on some people's songs. Uh, you know, I would throw the bank. I mean, if it's going to cost $5 million to get her featured here or, you know, on something there or, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't know how they pull strings here or there or everywhere. Uh, I would be pulling it because I know if you, if you dump in like, I mean, if I was a musician, if you dump in like $3 million or $2 million or $5 million, whatever. I think that she's gonna come back. She she might be a billion dollar. I don't even know about a billion, but maybe a hundred million dollars or or five hundred million dollar profit. I think eventually down the road, I would I would dump in a few mil if if I was in like again if I was her record label or whatever. I mean I think they gotta know they gotta know that she's gonna pop, and I think she's ready to pop. So. That was at the scene Medio La Experiencia was really good uh, Like I said She just did about Four songs 
four and a half songs. And they all sounded good. To me, it sounded really good. I'm like, people keep asking me, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? I'm like, well, it's fucking Caliuchis. Get fucking start paying attention because I'm on it. And now I'm like, really on it. I'm sold. I don't get sold often on certain artists, but I'm fucking sold. Sold. So that I'm going to end that. Uh, and this here, I'm going to watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'll be right back. Okay, so I am back post Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, obviously the season ended a few days ago. And um, we got some definitive answers. It's going to be the Falcon now turned into Captain America. Bucky has settled all his debts. So I'm kind of curious for Bucky as if is he going to take the mantle of you know working with the new Captain America or is he going to be like his own his own entity uh obviously i think the two the two actors have great chemistry together i'm hearing noises but anyways, but yeah, the series was really short. It was a six, well, actually it wasn't really short because they were about an hour long episodes. So it was like um, a little bit more than double WandaVision. WandaVision was eight episodes, but 30 minutes a piece. So this one might've been a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, this really centered around the Falcon, who is now Captain America, who now I believe, uh, there's gonna be no more super soldiers. However, there's gonna be super weapons up for grabs, and I think that is including vibranium. Um, and there could be a whole slew of that with the girl, with who is now turns out to find out is the power broker. Uh, I believe they killed off Carly. I know Sam brought her out. And basically, but I think she was dead at that point. I'm not it didn't really say 100%. Only that, you know, the movement didn't die with her. And she was ready to sacrifice herself for the movement. So and they didn't say definitely if Baltro or, you know, George St. Pierre's character died. Um, they left a lot in the air. They they pretty much told you where, where Captain America's going. So, overall, I liked it. I thought it had its funny moments. I think Zemo is still going to be... He's in the raft. He's in where... They put him in the prison. I think the prison obviously comes up because that's where Marvel and more specifically all the villains they start when they start imprisoning them. That's where they send them is this prison. And at some point Ant Man shrinks the prison down to like instead of it being out in the ocean, he shrinks it to like the size of like a cup. And they have it on board shield at one point. 
and at a point somebody realizes that and they set they set loose all like all of them was like the shocker like everybody and the raft actually made its appearance in civil war But that's where Zemo's at. Zemo's held there, but he's still able to push strings. He's he actually blew up uh some of the henchmen that was on the the flag smashers or whatever they were called. He blew up their vehicle, I think, from behind the strings. From behind the scenes. And you know, he's pretty happy about it. He's pretty happy that he thinks he got most of the super soldiers out the way. And that was his whole goal. It's just he's not really a villain per se. He's more of like, um, well, let's kill off anybody else before there's more superheroes and more villains. We're not creating anymore. We're in the he's in the business of destroying them by any means necessary. John Walker became U.S. agent. Uh, he was he was. Like a villain per se as well, but I think he's down the wrong path, and I think eventually he's gonna cross. I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't cross up Captain America or Sam. You know the Falcon. Maybe he doesn't cross up Bucky in the future, but who knows what his role is? I think he's easily manipulated. I think they're manipulating him now, and you know, I kind of feel like. His story's not done either. So nobody's story is really done per se. It's just they moved the story on. Like they show you how Sam didn't want to be. And there's some very interesting things at play because Sam or the Falcon doesn't really want to bear the mantle of Captain America. He's almost one of those things like, you know, I don't want it, I don't deserve it, but I'm gonna do it anyways because I have no choice or it's the right thing to do. So he's kind of at odds with the shield and with the colors and with all of that. And he's also at odds that he doesn't have superpowers. But what he does have is a, is an iron will and a desire to help. So, I mean, maybe that propels him, you know, going forward. And then I believe Wakanda gave him a new set of wings. So... His wings are now made of vibranium, which that makes a lot of sense because in the older, you would think they're just made out of some sort of alloy metal. And like, how is he dodging bullets and shit, you know? And I think they, I think they souped up his gear. Now, the white, the red, white, and blue that he's rocking is kind of, to me, that didn't look all that good. But, um, and then they could just, they could just change the color schemes for him, you know, each and every film. He doesn't have to be wearing the suit full full on uh i think his glasses could be a little bit better uh i think he should be able to wear like contacts or well you know who knows because he's flying around so maybe you do need goggles uh you know bucky also he's revealed too that the wakandans know how to disable his arm oh my god i keep yawning uh, but yeah, the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has turned into be the Captain Captain America and the Winter Soldier, <clears throat> was just the story of the Falcon. Obviously, you remember him at the end of Endgame. He receives the the shield, 
from Captain America. You're telling him that he can be the new Captain America. He should be the new Captain America. And he is the new Captain America. And this is basically, you know, like his whole struggle with racism. And basically him basically coming into his own Captain America story. Um, you know, they just, they just cover all the bases, you know, as far as, is he an Avenger? Is he a superhero? Is he just a guy doing good will? Is he just a black man? Just, you know, does he deserve it? Should he, should he carry it? Does he want to carry it? Does he need to, you know, they, they went through all of those little scenarios. So I believe whenever it is, he appears in the next movies, uh, there. I don't think there will be a question of whether or not he is Captain America. It's just going to be, he's going to be the captain. And I, and I do believe uh, Captain America is old. I don't think he died. So he possibly could still be there in the future guiding, you know, Cap Falcon or whatever you want, whatever you want to call Whatever you want to come forward, going forward. Because he still, could, to me, is the Falcon. Um, not that he's not Captain America, but Captain Falcon. Maybe maybe you're going to have to refer to him as Cap. The new Cap for a minute before he's finally accepted as just Captain America. Uh, but I think all, all of them are going to fall in line. I think he made some good points going forward with the GRC. And the GRC going forward, I think, is going to be a problem for... Uh, the Avengers and everybody going forward because there's always going to be a certain conflict of, and they and they kind of really lay that out in this, in this uh in this series that there's a lot of people displaced. The world is in total chaos. It's prime. The power broker rose is rising through the race. There's plenty of prime little, uh, chaotic things that are happening. So the world is not. So the world that Tony imagined that was going to be peace. They brought everybody back, but there's not going to be peace. It's going to be a lot of conflict, and I think that's going to breed uh, villains, obviously, for some low, you know, especially for, like, the lower-tiered, you know, Avengers like Bucky, uh, to a degree Spider-Man, uh, Ant-Man. They're going to have issues dealing with the people that came back, you know, and doing little crimes. So that should keep all the low, the low-end, you know... Hawkeye, all of them like busy, so they should be busy. And that to me, that's kind of what is essentially needed for all these shows to exist. Like if the Avengers team up, they should be able to beat everybody. But if everybody is acting a fool, well, then obviously they're going to be busy for a long time. And I think that's kind of something that Marvel is like hoping for. Like, oh, well, they're going to fight these people or that people or this group or that group. And some of them are fighting for this. Some of them are fighting for that. It also, you know, there's a the Falcon and the Winter Soldier altogether was a really political, you know, thing. You know, talking about refugees, settlers, and what and what rising and you know terrorism and things of the nature. Like that was pretty evident. That this was a little bit more straightforward, and a little bit, a little bit more hide and seek. Like Wandavision, this was pretty much cut clear. Like these are some real world issues that they try tackling in the series. And I kind of feel like and they hit it at the park. I I like the show. Uh, 
there's obviously a ton of Easter eggs. And I think, to me, Zemo stole the show. His whole character, like, really rounded out what was going on. They brought him back. He did well. And I think he should be the next Loki going forward. I know Loki's got his own show, but I think if he's pulling the strings, because he's not necessarily... I know the things he's doing is really bad. He's killing people. So did Loki. But, I mean, to a, to a degree, he's justified. Just like Thanos, to a degree, was justifiable. Um, he, you know, Zemo's whole thing was he doesn't want no more superheroes or supervillains in the world full of, seemingly full of superheroes and supervillains. And... That's what his whole deal was. Even in in Civil War was, hey, there's a room full of super soldiers. What do you think you wanted more? Absolutely not. That's not the case. So I definitely see him being an overlapping character. I don't think they're going to kill him off. As a matter of fact, he doesn't he doesn't do anything that garners I mean I know he blew up T'Challa's fucking dad and stuff, but But then again he was trying to break apart the Avengers and I kind of see his motive. You know, and this this motive became more clear now, like and he's right, like every time the Avengers get together the world fucking falls to pieces and people were dying and even the Avengers themselves struggled with the idea of being policed or being you know like lawless and even Tony Stark said like if they're out there kicking ass with no oversight they're no better than the bad guys that they're kicking ass and really bad is a determinant of what side of history you're on there is no good or bad it's what history says you are. Tremend- tremendous atrocities can be committed under the guise of peace and and good and religion. You know, you need only look at the Holy Crusades to find out that Christianity believes that they're Christian and the good doers of the world only but you look at their bloody long bloody history of crusades and mass slaughter and you would think like how did we get to the point that they're good you know and everybody kind of believes that they're good and they're really not like the same thing with Christopher Columbus discovering America you can look at that like oh he discovered America and not only he didn't even uh forget the guy's name Amerigo discovered America and you know look at the pillage and plunder that they had and we're struggling that to this day a lot of people don't see that like they see it as cancel culture or they see it as like well they're just trying to take away everything like everything you know Columbus Day is now indigenous people's day and and rightfully so that's that's kind of that's kind of Zemo's character and I think I think Marvel's smart enough to understand that that is kind of an issue that we're facing now, you know, as a society. Like, if you look back at the past, if you look back at slavery and George Washington owned slaves and obviously all the things that go on there, 
you look at Christopher Columbus and you find out that, you know, he he pillaged and plundered. I mean, it was no different than a pirate raping and, and killing and and feasting and, you know, but the history views him. Most history textbooks view him a certain way when that's not the case. Uh, we're struggling with that now. And Tony Stark in Civil War kind of said it. And I think Zemo really touches on it. Like, Zemo is just out to kill anybody that's a superpower, including anybody that is a that is directly related to the serum. Or directly related to superheroes, the Avengers in general. He's not actually trying to kill normal people. He's trying to stop the Avengers. Trying to stop uh, the Flag Smashers from killing more innocent people. Or hurting more innocent people that get caught in the crosswire. And, you know, that may make him a supervillain. It also may make him a superhero. He's going to play off of both of those you know both of those um personas and that to me he, he played that the character Zemo in the in the show in the, the actor that plays him is a phenomenal actor and that guy Zemo stole the show they had a they had him as a light side he was dancing he's drinking whiskey with with everybody he he fought with them a little bit he broke out of a jail you know he went back to jail the Wakandas snatched him up. He he faced off against Bucky. You know, and Zemo's character is here to stay, I think. Because I think Marvel is seeing something that they can touch on uh on that on that sort of a subject. So I like I like that the show involved they involved a lot of characters in the show, more so than the WandaVision. They had the Wakandans in there, they had Bucky. Obviously, they touched on Agent Carter. That's that's her name. Who's who's now the power broker? They brought back Zemo. They had George Saint Pierre's character in there, which I believe they killed off. They brought up Carly. There's more secret serum, super serum, um, super soldier serum. They, pretty much, they had an old black super soldier, who is. There was a lot of characters in this, and you know it was good. It was good. I I threw the action was really good. There was more action in this than there was one division. So if anybody tells you otherwise, it the action in this, even though it was kind of on the tad bit low budget, I think the first episode were um they're getting the people out of the helicopter and flying through the gang. That shit was dope. Uh, when Sam. And Bucky get their ass kicked on top of the trucks. That shit was funny. Like, you know, when they first square off against Carly and company, that shit was funny. Um, when they're in the hotel room, it's the Wakandans, it's Zemo, it's Bucky, it's, you know, Cap, it's, <laughs> it's John Walker, and it's all, they, they're they all fighting in there. The apartment, that shit was hard too. Like, there are some great action sequences in there. So I had no gripe with that. The story moved along fairly well. My only thing probably was a little short. It's only like I said, it was only six episodes, so uh I felt just as it was getting juicy, 
they kind of were like, all right, we're done here. We're moving on to the next uh, thing we got, which is Loki. And I just feel like, you know what? They they hit it at the park. I think I think it was solid, like a eight out of a ten, maybe like a seven point nine, maybe eight point one, somewhere around there. I mean, I don't really want to fine tune it, but you know, it didn't look low budget. It didn't look. It wasn't boring. There was plenty of cliffhangers at each of it. The at the end of each episode, I was like, oh fuck! Like you could tell when it was getting down to like the last seconds. I was like. No, they fucking did it here. I have to wait till next week to figure out what's happening. Like that, that did that on several episodes. Like, or actually several, a few of the episodes. I was like, oh damn it! Especially when John Walker killed straight up killed that guy in the middle of the street, and then there were I was like, yo, he's gonna be the bad guy, and then they just fucking chopped the episode off there, and I was like, fuck, man. But overall, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really good. So. I highly recommend watching it. I mean, like I said, there's not much to go over. There's only, like I said, there's only six episodes. Um, and pretty much just the story of how, what what the different feelings went into uh, the Falcon eventually not wanting to have the mantle of Captain America. And then, okay, he is the man for the job. And then his reasoning, his motivations behind it. And also Bucky, you know, going through and cleaning up his past, getting the help he needed, at which was not the case for Wanda. Wanda is still suffering from PTSD, so I'm sure Bucky, yeah, while he did complete a little bit more of therapy, I think he still might need a little bit, but he also had the help of the Wakandans, so... See how that plays out going forward. Maybe he'll only be used for fighting, not necessarily. He's gonna be. Uh, I don't know if they cured him of his Hydra. Uh, the spell that the whatever the Hydra put into him, like they trained him to trigger his brain. So we'll see how that goes going forward. But I think he's still there. He's still probably on call for Marvel. Um, obviously, I now you know what I actually think him and Captain America are both gonna tag team. I think they're both going to be Captain America's ish for a little bit. I think, but the main captain is gonna be, you know, Sam. So that's why, and I liked how they showed that he was how he started to train for it, like how he wanted it. He started running, working out. Throwing that shield like everywhere in his yard and, and like trying to bank shot it off everything. Uh and how he was gonna use it for the flight. So they showed all they showed all of that. So all of the backstory that would have needed to take place in these films is not going to need now it's just gonna be straight up story in the big screen. Like straight up, like here's a villain, here's what we're gonna do. We don't need to explain. Your motivations for this or that or or how all of a sudden he can know how to fly and use a shield. Like, nah, this is this all this is all covered. Just like Wanda. Wanda went from being Wanda to the Scarlet Witch in WandaVision. And now she's going to be I think now the Scarlet Witch going forward in the movies. 
So this was like this was like what would have been an introduction movie for WandaVision was done on the series and an introduction for how the Falcon turned into Captain America. That's all taken care of now. And what Bucky's storyline is and, and Agent Carter's storyline in Zemo, you know, because I think Zemo is going to play a big part going forward, especially when the Avengers and, and the cast is going to start arresting people and putting people in jail, villain people, and that, that raft is going to get full. Uh, I remember talking about this with my brother Wago. I was like, you know, they brought the raft. I remember the raft, they had several people try to go into that raft to break out villains and then they had several villains try to escape them and then eventually at one point I think Thanos is in there um I think Dr. Doom pays a visit in there I think Venom's in there I think there are a lot of people get end up in there and that raft you know that like I said Ant-Man eventually shrinks it and they put it on shields you know, big ass airship. And Nick Fury is the one who's like directly in control of who goes into the raft and, you know, who's locked up where and stuff. And he, he's got it under, because like you said, people try to break into it and remove people. So I think I like that, that that's going for. I like that the raft is going to be used now to start actually hosting the villains. And I think Zemo. Going forward, if he's able to pull strings from within there, I mean, you could already see what I'm talking about. I could already see, like, they're going to try to put villains in there with him. And that will be something to see, you know. So, I guess I give the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, an 8 out of a 10. Like, just out of all of the stuff they covered. Uh, And at no point was I bored. At no point was I like, damn, like, what is going on? Like, this all, it all made a lot of sense. And the power broker now might be another villain going forward for, you know, the Avengers. So we'll see how all of that plays out. Um, but we're going to talk Mortal Kombat in a moment here. So stay with me. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. All right. All right. So I'm back. And it is like fucking Wednesday now. Uh I've been busy the last two days. I was going to finish this up on Mon- on Tuesday, but I got busy over there. And, I, you know, eh, you know, whatever. But I'm back. So let's discuss this Mortal Kombat, this little Mortal Kombat movie. If you believe the internet, this movie was fucking bad. And I got to say, they're not half wrong about it being bad. What, what you got to take into consideration, I, I'm going to start this off by saying I liked it. But then again, my opinions and some certain shit, like, it doesn't, doesn't fucking correlate to what anybody else thinks randomly. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of like, how do I want to put it? I like certain things, and not that some of the things I, I like are not good or they're 
they're not bad or whatever. But I like certain things, and some people just like, like for instance, me and my bro talk about this all the time. I argue about. It. I like this movie Pandorum in space. It's a really good concept. It was actually really visually done well. The energy was there. It was kind of under budget, and I could see. There's some flaws in it, obviously. They kind of was like, they, they kind of took the, the the orcs from Lord of the Rings and just threw them in space. Like, literally, that's all they did. Like, they didn't do much. But I like I liked the story. The story of it was really good. The story of it was over the top. And I actually think that, you know, the acting was good and all that. Just the, some of the visuals were off. Uh, and they try to, they kind of try to do too much with it a little bit, but I mean, that's not, neither here nor there, but me and my bro disagree about that a lot. And, but I absolutely, I think that movie is phenomenal. It's a fucking amazing movie. Pandorum, like it's like zombies, but it's also kind of like aliens, but it's also kind of like evolution. There's a, there's a clear message to it. It's fucking, it's a dope movie, but I honestly, I think it's rated really poor on you know, on the internet and all that, so it's kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but moving on, so if you believe the internet hype, the movie sucked. On the internet, it says it sucks, and I and I understand. I 100% understand why. I totally understand. I mean. If you're a fan of the Mortal Kombat games and you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, and that's, you know, Mortal Kombat is one of those games you look forward to every year. Like people look forward to NBA 2K or people look forward to um, World of Warcraft or, you know, they got their core group of fans. They're not going to like this movie because even I was like, uh, you know, it kind of was like, okay, 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 like. They did stuff, but they didn't do stuff, but okay, like, I, I got it, like, but that doesn't take away from the movie was cool to me, cool in general, the, you know, the fatalities, the, the jokes, the, all the little lingo, the little Easter eggs, so overall, I thought, I mean, I, I you, you can't say this movie was an 8, 9, or 10, because it did not knock it out of the park story-wise, as a matter of fact, story-wise, they they literally threw the story at you like in two minutes and then the rest was like, all right, we're just going to throw in characters and we're going to just scoot along the basics of Mortal Kombat. Like literally just the base, the base that literally they had as little as they had to do. That's all they were going to do. So if you, if, but if you're in there and you want to see, uh, Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn and fucking Goro Motaro and have them, you know, Milana and, you know, or Milana, Milena, and you want to see uh, Sindel and you want to see how badass it could be and fucking have some dynamic double twisting edge fucking story to it, no, you'll be sadly disappointed. And if you think you're going to see all the characters, like Noob and Saibot and and everybody, they just stuck to some core characters, and that's all you're going to get. You know, so... I, I like, but I, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. I thought... I literally, I literally think 
the internet has is looked at it one way, but it should have been looked another way. And here's my thoughts on it. Mortal Kombat, it, the, the directors of this, I think they knew what they're doing, and I, and I actually am in, agree, in agreement with the direction of the movie. Skip the fucking story. Throw it out the fucking window. Everybody, well, not everybody, obviously little kids and the older people, the other cats, like my mom, might not know the story. But basically, for anybody that's played a video game, knows Mortal Kombat, they don't pretty much know what's going on. You don't need the story. And this is what the older movies really were like, we're going to try to make this story driven. We're going to try to make it, like, relatable and fucking, I mean, not necessarily grounded in reality, but they did more with the story and they did less with the fighting and the action and with just the overall movie, like, like, they literally just chucked the story out, and they were like, all right, we're gonna discuss why Sub-Zero and Scorpion are bitter rivals, they're gonna be one of the focal points of the movie, one of the, like, three focal points of the movie, we're going to assemble the characters in, in the tournament, which is called Mortal Kombat, we're gonna just, but we're, di- they literally talked about that for two seconds, I think Sonya explained it to Cole and, uh, and fucking somebody else in Kano. And literally, they just, but that, I mean, that's literally, that, I think that's what they should have done. Uh, because any more explanation into it would have gotten really stupid. I, I think would have gotten even stupider like the old ones did. The old ones were, the story made more sense. They spent a lot of times where there was not enough action for me as a as a fan. You wanted to see fucking gore. You wanted to see fucking... You wanted to see Shao Kahn. You wanted to see uh, all these people. And you wanted them done right, like, to look right as well. Like, you wanted to see Kung Lao. And you wanted to see Raiden. And you wanted to see fucking, you know, Smoke. Like those are the characters you want to see. You want to see these people in a reptile, you know, Sector and Cyrax in a good version of it, not some shitty version. Uh, Jax, you, Johnny. Obviously, you want to see all those characters, and you want them to have a say in what they're doing and talking to each other. Obviously, but they really, they just really skipped over what Mortal Kombat is, and I think they right, they were right to do it. Uh, because everybody fucking knows what Mortal Kombat is, so they can leave out some of those story details. They can just chop that right out and check it out. They got to the basis of... They didn't really get to the... I think they basically said that the Lin Kuei were fucking up. They wanted to fight the best Japanese fighters, and it was out to kill them, and which was the, the Bihans uh, tribe. And basically, he did. And he took it a step further. He fucking eliminated like two-thirds of the bloodline and you know scorpion was sent to the nether realm where he fucking figured out how to bond with the nether realm and come back 500 years later or some shit and uh get his revenge send send sub-zero to the nether realm which is what happened anyways so then you get into the actual there, everybody's fighting. There's fatalities left and right. Goro gets his hand chopped off, and a fucking Cole stabs him with the fucking looks like a police baton through the eye. 
but it's kind of like bladed like a sword. Sub-Zero gets jumped. Now, Sub-Zero probably is the best fighter because he was whipping up on Scorpion, and he was whipping up on Cole, and he was doing it simultaneously. And then and then they just overpowered him. Like, they got in a few licks, he was wounded, and then they fucking took advantage. Uh, they killed his ass in the middle of Cole's UFC gym, which they iced out. I don't get why they did that, but whatever. Uh, it was interesting to see that they kind of made Sub-Zero, and I don't know if this is going to be the new trend for villains, but he emerged just like Thanos did when he got the fucking stone from uh, Loki and such. He, did, he comes out of that smoky, spacey background kind of a portal type of shit. And, and Sub-Zero came out of that motherfucker like two or three times. Which I was like, okay, that's kind of... And I get that. I mean, people not, might not click that one and one together, but... Or they might not put it together, you know, put two and two together, or one and one together, whatever the phrase is. They probably didn't notice that, but I was like, oh, okay, this is, he's supposed to be, like, he's probably going to be the Thanos of Mortal Kombat. Like, he's probably going to be reoccurring. Assuming they make two or three more of these, and I, and I actually think that Mortal Kombat could be its own little Mortal Kombat verse, just like there's now, Legendary has now has the MonsterVerse, and it's in full display now, but I think Legendary, or, you know, I think the makers of Mortal Kombat, which I don't know who made the movie, but, but they could. They, I think this movie's going to do just well enough to get a second part, and I think the second part of the movie... Mortal Kombat 2, the new version, it should be, I want to see the war take place. And they they can dig up, Mortal Kombat's got, just like Toho does, Mortal Kombat's got a a dictionary, an encyclopedia of characters they can bring back, dead characters, different versions of characters, other characters, you know, you know, the combination of Smoke and Noob, you know, uh, Jade. I mean, there's there's a whole fucking slew. Motaro Onaga, Quan uh, Chi. Like, there is... And they can discuss all of their netherrealm stories. Like, I think they can literally have a movie based in Outer World or the Netherrealm or even an Earthrealm gathering up, fighting certain people. So I think... And I think they're rightful. I think they're gonna do. They were rightfully so to, to do this this way because I think they can spread a lot, spread around a little bit of stories, a little bit of direction, in other movies. Obviously, they won, uh, Earthworm won this tournament. They basically said that. But Shang Tsung vowed to come back with an army the next time he was gonna fuck up Earthrealm, and that's kind of I think. Mortal Kombat. Armageddon is, is the storyline of that. I mean, it could be Deception. It could be Shaolin Monks. It could be a number of them. But they, and a number of times he's tried that, I think. Uh, you know, and then you still got Shao Kahn lurking there. You still got a number of big bad villains that they've had. And you've got a number of good villains. Like, you've still got Kenshi. You know, they brought up Baracho. Baracho. Um, they have a number of motherfuckers out there that, you know, they could they could use at their disposal. And I like this thing that 
if you were chosen for Mortal Kombat, you get a little, like, a tattoo on you, like a little Mortal Kombat sticker. But if you kill another contestant, that gets transferred onto you. So they can even add in, like, Cole is just an add-on. I didn't mind his character too much. I kind of thought he was pointless throughout the most of the movie, but I didn't mind his character. I think uh, they had to bring in that person that was going to be like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know, like... Because these other people were already killers. You're not going to get somebody who is a straight-up killer. I mean, maybe they could have gone that direction, but I was okay with him. Uh, I actually think he can probably evolve his character as it goes on another movie or two. You know, they can build on what he's done. Um, but overall, I liked it. I mean, and basically, I mean, they're trading one day. They get jumped the next. Kano betrays the squad. You know, and they go back, Raiden intervenes, and he maps out how they're going to fucking fight. And they they separate the squad, and they fucking sneak up and attack the members of Outworld, and they fuck them up. They fuck up Sub-Zero, as I mentioned earlier. They jump, they jump Sub-Zero. Scorpion gets brought back from the depths of hell, and he fights him with Cole, and they, they jump, they jump Sub-Zero. Uh, and actually, they, they cornered, and that was a good move because they cornered Sub-Zero from leaving. Um, he wasn't going to leave because he wanted to end Bihan's bloodline, you know. They wanted to end Bihan himself and then, his, you know, Cole, which is his great, 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 great grandson. He wanted to end him. He wanted to fuck him up. Like, he was like, all right, we're going to, it's going to fucking. So that he forced them to stay and fight, and he fought to the death. Shang Tsung... Shang Tsung intervened in fucking... I think Shang Tsung took their bodies back. They were beaten, but, I mean, I think he could fix them up. Um, like I said, they, they, there's there's that liberty to have so many more other characters involved, and this is just... This is just a stepping stone, and I thought it was an okay stepping stone. I didn't, Like I said, probably like 7.5 out of 10. As far as the story goes, I, there's not much story there. There's not... Sonya kills Kano. I mean, Kung Lao fucks up Itara. Uh, they talk about how they get their abilities in Arcana. And, you know, they train for it a little bit. Uh, Liu Kang. Liu Kang actually took Kung Lao's hat. So that's kind of interesting that they're combining them for a little bit. But I know there's a dead version of, I think, Blunk. Uh, Liu Kang, that may happen, but that, but that may actually happen to Kung Lao. I know, I know, I gotta talk to my brother about it. When Liu Kang was dead, he came back as like the dead Liu Kang, and I think in Mortal Kombat, or maybe it was a dead Kung Lao. So that, that's possible. That's gonna happen. Uh, he got his soul sucked from him, so he's gonna be soulless, but he's still gonna be the fighter that remains. I'm pretty sure he wants revenge on Shang Tsung. So let me, they may all. I mean, they, they could do, they, they could do so many things. So, you had Cabal. I like Cabal. I, I didn't like what they did with his vocals. His vocals sounded kind of corny. It sounded a little bit too more too robotic. But his look looked okay, and his powers were spot on. They fucked him up kind of quick, too. Um, Luke Kang learns his animality. Uh, that was the highlight. Uh, a little bit different animality than what you're used to seeing. It was an all-flame dragon. 
Uh, I'm actually, I haven't played Mortal Kombat in a minute, so maybe that is the normal now. But he fucked up Cabal like that. Uh, Jax ended up fucking up. Who did he fuck up? He fucked up the guy who played. Now it's interesting that that guy got a cameo. Uh, Taser face in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in fucking Mortal Kombat and he got fucked up. He was in there for like five minutes and he fucked him up. Uh, yeah, if they fucked up Goro too. They brought out Goro and then they. He got fucked. He, he got fucked off like immediately. My one knock about Goro is he looked a little bit like the Hulk. Just with the Hulk of forearms. Like everything down to his whole face. Like, and I get maybe maybe Marvel let them borrow the fucking template. And they just added a pair of arms on him. But, you know, Goro is an iconic character. They shouldn't have fucking killed him off. I'm, I'm actually sick of them killing Goro off. Because they did that in the first one too. They fucking killed him off hella quick. They killed him off hella quick in this one, but whatever. I mean, it doesn't, to me, it's, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. They can they can bring people back from the dead all fucking and serve under Shao Kahn, you know, and do all kinds of sorts of things. So it doesn't really matter uh, in that aspect. Uh, the graphics look, visually look really good. They're, you know, I, Kano... To me, he looked funky in the previews, and then they kind of fucked him off, too, kind of quick, which I thought was like, okay, but you know what, he didn't look bad, actually, they was missing a little bit of things, he looked just like a random-ass character with the laser eyeball, he didn't have his metal eyeball, and he didn't have the metal chest plate either, so I'm like, okay, whatever, um, yeah, so, if I was you, I would watch it. Don't, don't, take, take, if you're in there expecting to see some masterful story, you got to take that out the window. Because I think they literally, this was just like an introduction. This actually could have been a fucking YouTube, uh, a sci-fi movie, easily. But they got the production, and I think they were like, okay, let's get this out there. Let's see how much money we can make and we'll flip it into the part two the part two sounds infinitely better because of the fact that Shang Tsung is going to come with the fucking army and that's something I want to see I want to see like and, and maybe they're jumping the gun a little bit like you know like DC did and they were like there was a Batman versus Superman and there was like Justice League and then there's a Snyder League, Justice League, Director's Cut, whatever, the Snyder's Cut. Like, maybe Mortal Kombat is just going to blow their load on, like, in the first two movies or three. But I'm okay with that. Uh, I'd be okay with it because if it does well, a trilogy. And you got to keep in mind, Marvel really messed up the whole game with these fucking... With the way movies are being done now. Marvel, and, and to a degree... Fast and Furious, because now, you know, they're, they're long-spanning, you know, universes, long-spanning, you know, I remember growing up, and a trilogy was fucking wild, like, there was three parts to a movie, like, holy shit, like, there was barely even sequels, a three-part trilogy must have meant, like, the world, 
And I think a lot of studios and a lot of Hollywood execs are still on that train. Like, well, if we can get three movies out of it, even a fourth, you know, okay. And Harry Potter, actually, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter is one of those ones that kind of helped Marvel become who it is now. Like, Harry Potter, I think there's eight or nine parts to it, or seven or eight parts to it. In Lord of the Rings, you know there's six parts of it. Could have They could have easily chopped up Lord of the Rings into, like, six movies, the original three, easily. But, so, if you get three, if you get a solid trilogy out of Mortal Kombat, and you've got the stepping stone, the base plate of a good trilogy, you know, the first one being kind of the intro, the second one being balls out, and the third one also going balls out, but wrapping up, like, it may be leaving a nugget for something in the future. Not a cliffhanger, but like, oh, okay, well, they never touched on this. You know, Outworld is always at war with the Netherrealm, and that's something that they prefer to stay out of, you know. Maybe they could come back to that in the future after, you know, several years go by. And I would be okay with that. Like, a trilogy would be really nice. I think fans would want, like, fucking ten movies of of a fucking franchise like Marvel does or like Fast and the Furious for Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. You know, they want that out of Mortal Kombat. I think they want that out of my Godzilla as well. But I think the movie execs know, okay, we get a good trilogy, a good base, and then we can start expanding a little bit. Uh, in the past as well, the, the big, long uh, running movies every so often, like Paranormal Activity was one of those ones that should have died after like the second or third one. Jason should have died after, you know, the second and third one. They went all the way up to 10. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween is another one of those ones that should have died after. There's a lot of franchises that should have died. Aliens possibly should have died a while back. Although I, I'm a fan of Aliens. I watched Covenant and Prometheus. And I, I, I just like the space and I like the really the horror part of it. And I like the, I like the xenomorph kind of fucking villain like that kind of a that kind of a xenomorph villain to me is like dope anyways a lot of those franchises tried to build on like a universe like marvel did like fast and furious i think fast and furious is one of the ones that kind of even the mummy tried it the mummy tried it and didn't pan out they tried it they tried to set him up for the mummy and then there was going to be like Dracula and Frankenstein and the werewolves and all this shit and trying to make, make a big universe. I think with Tom Cruise and it didn't work. Or I don't even know if Tom Cruise was in it. I'm not sure who was in it. Um, but I think that, that I think people want that out of Mortal Kombat. I think I think you got to really sit down and think. Okay, let's get a good trilogy out of it. And I think that's what they're gonna do. So this next one, part two, I'm kind of stoked because they're gonna be this is gonna be the war, and I hope to God that the war is somewhat settled deaths on both sides you know characters having at each other and fucking you know people being sent to hell being sent here and then you know maybe try to correct the things that went wrong and you know finishing off the, the final battle you know in part three and then wrapping it up like give mortal kombat a just trilogy that's done right and i think it's gonna be done right i, th I think a lot of people are upset the fact that there was no story in the first one, and I, but I don't blame them because, what fucking story are you gonna have on Mortal Kombat that's gonna make that's gonna appease anybody? There's like a million different storylines, 
And on top of that, you're not going to have the fucking entire 100 character plus roster presentable on the screen. So, I mean, you pick and choose. And so I think they were just like, well, fuck the story. Let's get in like a dozen characters. Let's have them fucking kill each other. Let's fucking set it up so that way Shang Tsung gets pissed and fucking tells you what the story is going to be in the next one. And on, on top of that, you know that they're going to, Earth Drum is going to track down more champions. They're going to track down Johnny Cage. They're probably going to track down, you know, a slew of other people, you know. And, and I kind of feel like that's that'd be interesting to see them building up each other's rosters and having a first clash. And then, you know, and then in the third one, like the fucking, like a Lord of the Rings type of thing. Like, okay, you're going to have like four factions square off against each other with the, you know, and then they maybe they unite into two factions. You know, maybe they bring out the undead. Maybe they bring out, you know, they raise, maybe Earthrealm raises their own fucking army from the dead. Maybe they, somebody sells their soul to somebody else and for for aid in battle, you know, but maybe they get cursed to stay in another realm or, or maybe they get fucked up and stay in the outer world in train. You know, who knows? Like, that's what I think could happen. So, overall, I liked Mortal Kombat. I, I really liked that they threw out the story. I, the, I personally, personally liked it because I kind of was like, okay, well, they're not going to... They, I didn't want them to discuss the fucking rules of the tournament and have the fighters come out one at a time and fight their way up the ranks. I think this was this was more this was already to me it felt like okay, they're out to kill you and their goal is to kill you and defeat you. Your goal is to defeat them and kill them first. Like it doesn't matter how the fucking it shakes up. Like you just get it done. Like to me it it's like an all out brawl kind of like and the goal it kind of like Marvel, the goal was, okay, we don't give a fuck, ah, man, you're not going to take that guy, we're not going to, you know, you know, it was a free-for-all, Cap was fighting everybody, you know, everybody was fighting everybody, you know, and it was great to see that, like, and it actually, I, you could have had that end game battle be like six hours long, you could have had fucking Spider-Man team up with Captain America and fucking fight off a little horde of zombies, you know, or the little dog creature, alien creatures. That would have been dope to see. It would have also been dope to see fucking Iron Man and Cap team up and fucking really slug it out with other people. It would have been dope to see Wanda and Doctor Strange, you know, wizard shit around in the battlefield, like, for a minute. Like, there's a lot of things that could have happened in that battle that didn't show. But if you look at that battle in general, that's that battle took up like 40 minutes. The 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 story was we have the stones. We needed to keep them away from Thanos and put them back in the time machine. That was literally the story. If you think about that last act, that was literally the only thing that they're fucking doing. And that's kind of how this Mortal Kombat is. This Mortal Kombat was like, okay, they're out to kill you. We trained a little bit. Some of us know our powers. We got our asses kicked. They killed. They actually took. They actually killed Kung Lao. Or they took his soul. Shang Tsung took his soul. We're gonna regroup, and you're gonna go fucking fight them. Like, 
you pick off and they just kind of were like, okay, here. You would have loved to see it be a little bit more to it, but I don't blame them in that aspect. I, I, I actually enjoy that because it kind of just skipped out a bunch of bullshit. And it really, it really is a bunch of bullshit. Did you really want to see these motherfuckers talking for two hours or hour, 45 minutes with no action? I mean, let's be honest. The fucking people are do- a lot of people are dogging Mortal Kombat, especially the hardcore gaming crowd on Twitter. And a lot of people are saying it was like disappointing. But I kind of was like, I thought it, I enjoyed it. If you're a kid, you know, like if I had a kid, you know, I'm 35. If I had a kid who was like nine, ten, and I said, let's go watch this Mortal Kombat movie. And we go watch it. And he sees all this fucking fighting with fucking fatalities, fucking Goro with four arms. He gets one arm chopped off. He gets his fucking, his fucking spear through the eye. They rip out a fucking heart of, of some reptile that... I'm not even sure that's Reptile. Um, Kato gets fucking uh, done in by Sonya. Sonya comes out with fucking... Blows a hole through some bitch, you know. I think through Melina. Um, Nitari fucking gets cut in half by Kung Lao's hat. I mean, these are some badass... Raiden was badass. I think Raiden... uh, He had minimal part in there, but... Like, his lightning uh, was look on point. Shang Tsung was also fucking badass. The fight between... The initial fight between Bihan and and Sub-Zero, or Scorpion and Sub-Zero in the ancient times, that shit was dope. And it was, it was dope seeing them square off like actual ninjas. It was dope seeing them square off again when they came back and they gave Sub-Zero and Scorpion again another bow. And then, and then Sub-Zero ultimately, ultimately getting jumped. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I really thought that this was the correct way to go. Especially if you're like, if you're a 35, 40 year old dude and you take your teenagers or you take your fucking kids, you know, maybe take your bros, like, yo, it would be dope to see, you know, fucking so and so fight it out, like, cabal, you know. You know, so I, I really felt that they did well. I did, they did well with that. If you take, if you're, uh, 30, uh, 30, 35, 32, 38, 41, 42, 43, 45 year old person and you take a younger you're one of your kids that's maybe they're not fucking 5 but maybe they're like 12 10 13, 14 this is a good movie for them to watch especially if they're don't if they not playing Mortal Kombat you, you see what I mean so not only does it help the movie and it helps the, the younger fans that are going to just watch it just to watch it the game's gonna bonus from this because they added a new character, Cole, so he probably be in the games going forward. Uh, you know, and fucking, they were in fucking, it wasn't boring for them. It wasn't stupid. I mean, it was, some of it was stupid, but not, it wasn't stupid in the degree that the older Mortal, 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 Mortal Kombat's were. I think those were a lot more talk and less action. And actually, Street Fighter struggled from that as well when they made the Street Fighter movie. I think this movie hit its target audience, and if, like me myself, I was like, okay, I liked it. Like I kind of feel, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you on the movie. I tell you right now, there's no fucking story to it. It's just a lot of fighting. Uh, they just scoot this the scene, the scene on as best they can, like with minimal. Like, Kano's like, yeah, yeah, I know where that mountain is. That fucking, you know, 
Raiden, Mount Raiden or whatever. Yeah, I know where it's at. And then, like, they go. Like, literally, that's how they get from Sonya's bunker with Kano and Cole to fucking... And then he's like, I got it. I know a guy with the plane. And they fly out the plane, and they just meet up with Luke Kang. Like, that, that's how they transition from one area to the next. Like, literally, no fucking... Like, it's so absurd, it shouldn't have even been written in. But I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that how it is. Because I feel like I feel like the movie's gonna do well enough, and I'm more excited for part two. I want to see a fucking war going on. I want to see an Avengers-esque, Endgame-esque Mortal Kombat war break out. That's what I want to see. And I think the executives have taken. They're taking nuggets. Like I said, they took a little. They made Sub Zero basically Thanos. Even though they got him this this round, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back bigger and better and better the next go around. Shang Tsung was also defeated. It wouldn't surprise me if they make him a little bit bigger, better, and better the next go around. Uh, and as a trilogy, hopefully a trilogy unfolds. You know, hopefully you're gonna get people crossing sides like Kano did. I think that's going to happen even more because we're, I mean, they're going to just take the, they're going to take the gloves off of this and just fucking make some shit go. So, I guess I, I, I give it like a seven and a half out of ten. A little bit more than a seven. It's not quite, it's not quite, you would, obviously everybody would love to see fucking Mortal Kombat done like Marvel. You know, like the Marvel Universe. But, I mean, that's very, very, very hard to do. As I just stated, I don't know how many times. There's some failed franchises. There's people that Jason X, you know, shouldn't have gone on that long. No. The budgets weren't always there either. You know, you know. so you get a good trilogy out of it. Put it, put it in its fucking nest of, okay, this is Mortal Kombat. We can elaborate on that in the future, 10 years down the road, you know, and you don't have to go through the story, maybe they could pick up more on the war, you know, maybe they could pick up on who took over as, I think Shang Tsung is eventually going to die, you know, maybe Sub-Zero assumes the throne for a little bit, maybe he battles it out with Quan Chi, uh, maybe Shao Kahn comes up, maybe Onaga comes up, you know, there's any number of things. Maybe, you know, the queen ascends Sindel. Maybe she ascends to the throne. You know, so there's all, there's a number of different things that can go. So go watch it. Just enjoy yourself. Unplug. You know, Godzilla suffered from the same thing. Like, there's minimalish story, which, but it didn't hurt it. I thought it was good after watching it two or three times. You know, I was like, fuck, it's pretty fucking good. So. That'll do it for this episode. I've yapped on enough about Mortal Kombat. I told you what I thought about it. I liked it. I give it two thumbs up. It's something that I wanted to see. I, and I was kind of... I was kind of hoping they didn't fuck it up. It, even though I thought that for a little bit. I was like, damn, they really... I thought that they were going to blow their whole load on the fucking rated... The Red Band trailer. I thought. But there is a lot more gore. And there's a lot more cussing. There's a lot more cool shit in the movie. So many Easter eggs. I mean, I didn't have to watch that bitch frame by frame almost to catch 
like Katana's fucking fans are in there, but they don't say why Raiden's got them. Kind of interesting. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there's several things. Like I said, Boracho raised I think Cole when he was he was an orphan. He was raised by a Boracho. That was kind of interesting. They kind of name dropped him there, and I was like, oh, okay. And I guess he was just a drunk in the movie, but maybe he taught him how to fight a little bit. So that'd be interesting to find that out. Obviously, they tease Johnny Cage. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Johnny Cage. I think a lot of people like him. He's a popular character, but I'm not a crazy fan of his. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they got. I think the table is set for a really good part two and a part three. So, with that said, like I said, that's it. I'm out for this episode. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about next, but The Handmaid's Tales is coming out. Uh. And I'm going to watch this one for a couple, like a month and a half or whatever. Or however long it comes out. I think it's going to be eight to ten episodes. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode, guys. Stay tuned until next week. I'll figure out something to talk about later. So.